um, <coughs> I, I really love this topic. It's actually the topic of being naturally supernatural. And it's funny because during the worship, I was really reminded how um, even my family, you know, um, my, my inheritance is really to think uh, that supernatural is normal. Okay? And I, have, I had flashback during the worship of. Um, uh, being young and see a paralytic uh, jumping out of, of wheelchairs, and uh, my own brother uh, was actually healed, supernaturally healed, of leukemia. <coughs> he was uh, he was young. Literally went from one day his blood cells were wrong to another day his blood cells were right, uh, and um, and I have accounts of uh, my own father with a pastor in France. Um, you know, my, uh, basically had two resurrection of the dead. So I was kind of brought up in this, uh, you know, with this flavor that supernatural is kind of normal. And um, so what we'd like to do this morning is look a little bit at the supernatural in Daniel. And what can we learn from that? Okay. So, right. So the supernatural in Daniel, let me give you a really quick background. It can't replace you reading the, the book in itself. But I will try very quickly. Uh, we know that Daniel had a, a huge reputation for interpreting dreams, right? We know that actually two times he interpreted dreams for Nebuchadnezzar. So that's in chapter 2 once and in chapter 4. In chapter 2 what happened is Nebuchadnezzar really struggled by, by a dream. And funnily enough, he basically summoned all the magicians and he said, please interpret my dream. Actually, I want you to guess my dream. Guess it, and then interpret it. And if you don't do that, you, I will kill you anyway. So there's not much choice. Uh, so Daniel goes away with his friend, and uh, in chapter 2, you will see six, he really six God. He please give me a revelation about that. And during the night, it says in um, the chapter 2, verse 19, it says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. So he saw a vision with a dream, and now he knew what it was, and then he was able to inter- interpret it. Then in chapter 4, it happened again, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and is actually really scared about it. And he's thinking, who can interpret that? And he remembers Daniel. Uh, so he calls him and there Daniel interprets the dream on the spot. Okay, So that's the first thing we see in Daniel. Really the presence of dreams and vision is very common. The second thing we see supernatural in Daniel is in chapter 3, where we all know the story, the friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, escape the furnace, completely unarmed. And as well, it's really interesting, if you read at the end of the chapter, uh, somebody said, reported, that a fourth person who looked like a son of God is spotted in the furnace. So we don't know if it's an angel, or we don't know if it's God himself, we don't know. But we know there was something, there was a fourth person in the furnace. So here you have the law of nature completely turned upside down because they're not burned. And you have a presence that is not human in the furnace. You agree? Wow. Okay. Now, in chapter 4, what happened there? So here we are not under the same king. Uh, It's the story of Belshazzar, who is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And this guy really is learned not much from his dad because his dad actually repented and was led to God. And he chose to really live in devotion. And basically, as he has having, he's having like huge orgies, you know, in this palace. And he's even using 
um, uh, like the goblets were normally meant to be worshipping in the temple with, he's using that, you know, as he's doing his really horrible lifestyle. And suddenly, a hand appears, a hand appears, and right on the wall, okay? And so everybody is actually shocked and frightened and uh, called, who can really interpret this writing on the wall? And so Daniel is called and interpret the writing on the wall. So that's, I mean, that, I mean talking about spooky, that's got to be up there, isn't it? Because that's a little bit weird event. But it's just quite incredible how God basically used that sign to grasp everybody's attention. And then finally, uh, in chapter 6, under Darius, Daniel escaped the lion's den. Everybody knows that story. And again, it says that an angel shut the mouth of the, la- the lion. So the law of nature is defied again. Uh, and if you read the rest of Daniel, basically all the rest of the book is uh, the accounts of Daniel's prophetic dreams and vision that he had during four kings. So we've got uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Belshazzar, Darius, Sirius. Under the reign of four kings, Daniel has a lot of dreams and vision and he writes them down. And they're all about warning and what can happen to the kingdoms that are around him. So those are the things that we see in Daniel. So, okay, I'm not going to go into more detail than that for Daniel, but I want to know what does it mean for us and what can we learn from it. Okay, the first thing I'm absolutely convinced is that God used the supernatural to win people's heart. For me, that's the main thing I see here. Like, uh, when he's called to interpret the dreams of the king, you know, his heart is that to win the king. Daniel's heart is to win the king. And even the God, his warning, is to win the king over. It is something about, I'm warning you, you know, you're not in the right direction, but here is a dream, here is a vision, you know, just pay attention to God, he is the Almighty. Now, little caution not here. The Old Testament and the New Testament is a little bit different, you know, in sometimes how prophetic words or interpretation of dreams operate. In the Old Testament, remember, uh, it was very simple. There was the law. You obey the law or you don't obey the law. If you follow God and obey the law, you're blessed. If you don't, you're cursed. Yes? That's pretty much the story of the Old Testament. And God is extremely good. He still pursues people. But because it's by the law, uh, you know, if you persist and you're not following him, then you will have a judgment against you. Yes? That's what happened in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's slightly different because it says that Jesus came to take our our sins and the judgment is upon Jesus. So, of course, we will all stand up at the end of time and we will have to face still, you know, the consequence of what we've done. But the judgment is on Jesus. You agree? Yes? So that's very important because uh, you could see, if you could look at Jesus' testimony, uh, Everywhere in the New Testament, uh, it uses the supernatural again to win people's hearts. But the first thing that uh, it says about Jesus is actually Jesus is moved by compassion. Yes? Because we know that we don't need to proclaim the judgment on people. You know? Because the judgment has already been put on Jesus. That's what Jesus died. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a bit of a different of places. So, uh, so, he really is even more 
it's truer than never that God wants to win people's heart through the supernatural. Okay? And actually, we could, we could see that the demonstration of God's power is an incredible witness to everyone around. And for example, uh, there's a lot of cases of, uh, I'm, on the top of my head, I'm thinking about Holly Becker. Uh, this is how she evangelized. She goes in a, in a, in a village in, in Mozambique where they've never heard of God. The first thing she does is she says, bring me the deaf and the blind and, you know, the sick. And she prays for healing and they get healed. And then, this is a, this, and then she goes, this is my God. Can you see? This is my God. So the supernatural is there used as a demonstration of power about who God is and to, to show them that God is for them. He loves them. You know, in the same way Jesus went uh, in the New Testament and basically healed the sick, he took care of their pain, he healed them, and then he brought them to God, he connected them to God. Yes, because we are really ambassador of reconciliation. <coughs> so that's, that's what we, we're doing. So can you see that, that, that uh, in, both in Daniel, but, but even now we could see that supernatural, the supernatural is used to win people's hearts. And to connect them to God. Yeah? Everybody's alive? Yeah. Right. Second point. Um, God used the supernatural to protect us. I really want to encourage you to not be fearful. I mean, if you can be protected in the lion's dead, then, or in the fire, God is our protector. So that's the, the second thing. We, God used the supernatural to protect us. Okay? Actually, in my family, we have a couple of stories like that. My mom, especially, uh, has been waking up many times with uh, dreams. And in the dream, something happened, which is tragic. And she then prayed uh, and intercede for the person. And the thing in the dream does not happen. And uh, I have this story. Uh, I was uh, studying in Paris um, in my 20s. And uh, she suddenly, one morning, was absolutely uh, pushed to pray for my protection. And it happened that, that at, at that right time when she was praying, I was making my way to the university and I was crossing a very busy boulevard. And on one lane, the, the, the car stopped, so I weaved my way through, not to see a scooter zooming through, literally um, pushing me two or three meters in the other lane, moving lane. And nothing happened because there was no cars, strangely, in the other lane. And I, I escaped with a big bruise on my leg. That's all I had. And it was quite a, a big, big thing, you know. Uh, and I know, I know that, that that day God did something. Because my mom said, so I thought obviously my parents, I said, that's, that's, that's interesting because this morning I specifically prayed for your protection. I was led to pray for your protection. So I know God did rescued me there. So we shouldn't be fearful because God is powerful enough to really protect us. And he is, we could do a whole study on angels. Actually, I've got a friend who wrote a book on angels. And, you know, and you, you could read this, Jonathan Messi. You can read this book on angels and you will see all the roles of angels. So it's not that like we're worshipping angels, but we're inviting them, we're valuing them. Yes? Because they are here, and they're they, 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 they for us, they're for our benefits. 
Okay, next thing as well, which is really um, powerful, is God uses the supernatural to reveal his mystery to us. So, his will can reveal for the supernatural a word. He could warn us for the supernatural. That's what we're learning from Daniel. He could confirm things. He could encourage us. All of these things happen as well through the supernatural. Okay? Uh, actually, Jamie gets quite a lot of dreams. Uh, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so much um, a dreamer. I don't, I rarely, rarely remember my dreams. Okay? But I remember um, uh, a precise encounter where I, you know, something was really um, puzzling me about, it was about the church actually, what, how to do, what to do. And I remember um, waking up like this during the night and I heard a sentence that came in my mind and it was as clear that as God was speaking audibly. He didn't, he didn't speak audibly, but it was as clear that he, if he had. And he basically, in essence, he said, in this situation, do this, don't do that. That's it. And I was like, wow. And I went back to sleep straight away. So, and I wrote it down in the morning, because I, I mean, you couldn't forget that. And I do think that God is, is amazing at doing that, and could be your guidance. So I invite you to watch for the night, and when you go to sleep, say, God, you can speak to me in my dreams. You can reveal things in my dreams, and you can invite him, you know, to, to take control of your nights. Okay? It's something I didn't put on the slide, but actually, you know, God sometimes uses the supernatural to reveal mysteries, but sometimes the supernatural are just mysteries that we can't even understand. Um, you know, um, Jimmy and I, we, we visited uh, Bethel a couple of uh, years back, and we were there when there was a swirling cloud of dust gold in the corner of the room. And why? We have no idea. We can't explain it. But it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing to watch. We just, you know, then you just left in no one wonder of this amazing God that, for whatever reason, can control particles and choose to do that. What we know is there was an amazing presence of God. And we know that people who actually um, went to stand under this corner got healed. So we know it, there was something of God. And as well, we, we have heard and we have seen with our eyes stories of people, you know, randomly finding little gems. <coughs> okay? So it, why? We have no idea. Just it's fun, no? <laughs> so it's fun. So sometimes the supernatural, well, there's no reason for it. It's just, just God is fun and he's creative, isn't he? And he, he likes he likes to keep us on our toes. That's it, I think. If we think we've got it all sorted, we're in danger, are we? So I think that's why sometimes, you know, it's a mystery. We don't know. Okay. Now, the main thing, which, which I think is really important to understand, is the supernatural is a gift. It's a gift from God. You know, you can't work for it. You can't sweat for it and say, oh, God. No, it's a gift. It's a gift. Um, you know, like Daniel, you know, this, this present occasion where he was praying, you know, with his friends and saying, wow, God, so you can seek for God for it. You can seek God. He was praying with his friends, please give me the interpretation. Uh, actually, our lives depend on it, so God, do something. And what happened? Chapter 2, verse 19. 
In the night, he got a vision. What did he do for it? Apart from seeking God, wow, that's, that's a gift, isn't it? God made it happen. It came from heaven. The vision came. It's, it was easy. <coughs> okay? And just for that, I want to really encourage you to pursue the supernatural and even the gift of the Spirit. Because um, our, my, my own testimony in it, um, I mean, I'll go back a little bit, but I remember when I was young, you know, everybody, you know, you read 1 Corinthians 12, and it says to all earnestly go for the gift of prophecy. Yes, it says that. And I remember thinking, oh, everybody's going to go after prophecy. Well, that's good. What about word of knowledge? I'm more interested in that. So I started to get really um, excited about words of knowledge. And I was praying for that. And yes, God started to give me some words of knowledge. But what I have really realized is I get a lot more words of knowledge now because what accelerated my, my, my... me growing into the world of knowledge is the understanding that it's not about me. It's a gift from God. I cannot work for it. That's this understanding. So when I'm I'm seeking a word of knowledge, I'm I'm not sweating it. I'm not working hard. All I do is I position myself and say, Father, what would you like to do this morning to bless these people? That's it. That's that easy. And I find straight away God's giving me some words. Okay? In the past, I might have gone, come on, Jesus. My ministry needs to be a bit more impressive than that. Where's the words of knowledge? That's wrong, wrong motivation. Then I was super hard to find something. Or to connect with God, you know? Or, or, or you know, you, sometimes you can seek the supernatural or... Uh, to, to find your value. I say, actually, if I, if I have not prophesied or if I have not prayed for people and not been ill, uh, or I'm not a good Christian, again, what's well, a gift? So what are you doing? It's a gift, yes? Um, so really, the main thing is to come to it and, and, and have a revelation of that. So Father, you want to bless, you want to bless me, you want to bless the people, Give me more dreams. Give me more word of prophecy. Give me more, um, you know, power when I pray for the sick. But fortunately, it's a gift. It's not for us. Which is very important for the next point because uh, it is God that promotes and that <coughs> position. And you can see in Daniel, it's so clear. God put him in place. He was faithful. He, he was full of integrity. And God promoted him. But it was never him manipulating the gift or using the gift to get promoted or position. Because he knew it was a gift. Actually, there's a tiny, tiny little verse which I found really, really interesting. In chapter 5, 17, when Belshazzar wants um, the writing on the wall interpreted, he said to Daniel, he said to Daniel, um, I will give you a gift, please interpret this. And Daniel very clearly answers, keep your gift, but I will interpret. So he was not motivated by the gifts. He, he was full of integrity. And actually he had to, to stand, he had to basically stand 
up to Belshazzar and say, actually, this dream means uh, you're going to die and your kingdom is actually going to crumble. That's tough, yeah? So he resisted the, the gift. He had the courage to stand and he was rewarded still of the gift and the promotion. But that's the right way around, isn't it? Yes? So God will bless you, but that's not a motivation. You will have, you, you could be promoted in a position because God is good, but that's not a motivation. It's, it's a consequence of you doing the, the business of your father, basically. So there's a part to play for us, uh, and is to really position ourselves for more. Okay, it's a gift, but we position ourselves to, for more. Can you see that? We don't work for getting the gift. We position ourselves to connect with God, to love Him, to connect our heart, to, to be full of integrity, to not compromise. So we position ourselves for the gift. Can you see that? It's a very different um, attitude. Actually, I would argue that the natural, who we are, um, matters when we want more supernatural. So it's a funny thing, because it's a gift on one hand, but our character matters. So who we are in the natural does matter if we want to walk <coughs> in more supernatural. Do you, do you see what I mean? <coughs> so, it's, it, so we do have a part to play, although it's a gift. Okay. So if you want to overflow with the supernatural of God, your character and your choice will matter. And I like to, 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 I love that picture, that, you know, um, if you want the water in a pipe to overflow really well, the pipes, they need to be clean. You understand what I'm saying? If your pipes is full of stuff, well, you get a drip at the end. You can still get a drink, you know, because, you know, the water, God is good, and he wants to, God is pouring, pouring the water, yeah? But if you're full of stuff in your pipe, you're going to get drip, yeah? If you're not blocked at all, yeah? It could, you could be blocked, but if you're not blocked at all, then you will have a little bit of grace coming out of that pipe. But what I find as well is if your, your pipe is not clean, Sometimes what happens is the water at the end of it is not completely pure water. It's a little bit tainted. Yes? And honestly, um, I have been there that God gave me a word for someone or a prophetic word. And afterwards, I gave the word. And afterwards, I'm thinking, I gave the word. I know it's the right word. <coughs> but the way I gave it, I'm not sure it was completely right. Did I have... Did I have a little edge to it? Yeah? Did I, did I, did I communicate that right? I'm, I'm not going to... So I, I, I had to go back to God and say, what, what was that? What was, was that? Well, my pipe was not very clean. So I need to go and repent for that. Because, you know, if you have a little edge of anger or you're frustrated or, or, or if you don't love people or if you didn't have the compassion and you deliver a word... The words might be completely right, but the words might feel a bit like, what's the mud coming out with the Yes? Why is the mud coming with the word? So it's, the character does matter. Okay? 
Alright, so a couple of tips for us to grow in maturity and in characters, which I think we can take as well from Daniel. What I love about Daniel is, you know, where he was, where he was, he ran with the purposes of God. And you can do that. Whatever God has given you, run with that. Okay? He was in captivity, but he happened to be very clever, quite handsome, and he was there. So what did he do? He trained for three years, and he served the kid the best he could. Okay? So you might not be clever or handsome, <laughs> but I'm sure you have something amazing. <laughs> what well, you know, we are all created glorious. I really believe that. It's not just about what Daniel did and how. He was positioned. Actually, we could read Daniel and the temptation would be, oh, good for him. That's why he looked like he had everything. Mm-hmm. You know? But no, don't put yourself down because you might be amazing at hospitality. And how can God really completely bring love to people for that? So if you're good at hospitality, do that. Start there. If you're good at baking cake, bake cake. Pray over the cake so that they would bless people when they eat the cake. Um, if you're good at drawing, draw. Uh, if you're good at doing your job, if you're a nurse and you're nursing, do nursing in the best way you can, bring in the presence of God. Amen. Start where you are, trusting God that He will bring more, that He will bring this presence of God. And start to get dreams about Him breaking through in what you are doing right now. Yes, whatever you're doing, your daily job, with your kids, if you're a mom at home, and it's really tough. Start to ask heaven to break through in your daily life with your kids. Okay? That God start to show you things. That, that God speak to your kids. You know, press through for, for things like that. And have a heart, which is the second point, have a heart to really love God. Love God, worship Him and serve Him. That's all Daniel did. He said, whatever happened, I will worship Him. I will love Him. And I will trust him and serve. Amen. Full stop. And in this heart, in this heart, follow through with healthy decision. Because if your values is I love God, I serve him, and actually your life doesn't reflect any of that, well, I would argue that doesn't mean much. Yes? So have the heart that love God, follow God and serve him. And take a healthy decision in your life to do to do so, to grow in those things. And Daniel exactly did that. I believe that he he basically was full of integrity and he was perseverant and he, he and he carried on. Even when he was tough, he carried on. And God blessed him with more dreams, more vision, position, promotion, because he was faithful. He was faithful. <laughs> You know, sometimes they will be tests. <laughs> sometimes they will be tests. And actually, I was really struck when I was reading Daniel again. You know, before <coughs> chapter 2, when he actually interprets the first uh, dream of Nebuchadnezzar, before chapter 2 came a test. The test is in chapter 1. When actually he had to stood up to the guards and say, no, I won't eat the, I won't eat the royal food. Because actually they are compromised. For me, that I, can't, I can't eat that. So we don't know the detail. We don't know if it's because what he believed or the way the food was made. But that was a test. So he stood the test on chapter 1 and said, no, I won't eat 
the royal food. Second chapter, he interpret the dreams and then promotion. I think there will be tests. There will be tests, but if we are full of integrity, walking with God, God will trust us with more and more and more. And it's the same when I was saying that it, you know he had to go through really hard stuff. I mean, imagine standing up several times in front of pretty evil kings and telling them, oh, you are going to be judged by God. Actually, you're going to die tomorrow, by the way. That, that, you could be killed for that, no? You have to be really trusting God, no? I mean, I've never been, I've never been in this situation. I was going to say, thank God. <laughs> but that's really tough, isn't it? Really, really tough. But it was, it, that was hard stuff. That was hard stuff. But the hard stuff, when you handle it well, often leads to promotion. Sometimes when you pray, you pray for a big breakthrough and it does not come immediately. But you still persevere and trust God and you, you know, keep your heart in the right place. That's the hard stuff. But the hard stuff, with the hard stuff comes the breakthrough. And the promotion. So it's really important to keep that in mind. Okay, so just to conclude, I think living in the supernatural, I do think is totally, totally the normal Christian life. Totally the normal Christian life. I tried, um, I tried to regularly um, read Acts of Acts and write down all the supernatural that is act in Acts of Acts. And I encourage you to do that. You read through and you see angelic encounters, you see healing, you see uh, amazing stuff. Okay? Uh, one of my favorite stories is when uh, Philip prayed for the eunuch. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's in chapter 8. And at the end of the story, he's kind of transported in another place. I mean, Star Trek was really close, wasn't it? Teleportation. It's really good. So it happened in the Bible, okay? It happened in the Bible. I've heard stories of people it happened. Okay? So it, it, it's still for now. It's still for now. And it's there. It's in the Word. We're not making it up. So being naturally supernatural, that's, that's normal. It should be normal. Actually, you know, I was thinking about that. The very concept, we were talking about that actually even before <coughs> preparing. The very concept of talking about natural and supernatural, that is it not in God's mind. Because the way he created the earth, everything was supernatural, was it? Everything was by the breath of God. So even the fiber of my jumper and the color of my jumper, everything of the fabric here is held <coughs> together by the living breath of God. So that's naturally supernatural. So he doesn't look at things and say, that's natural. Everything is supernatural for him, or everything is natural, which way you want to see. So everything is natural. So miracles is natural for God. Yeah? Our DNA, how we hang together. I mean, if God decided to, to, he would do big and everything would crumble down to nothing. You know, it's everything is for him, by him. He sustained everything. By his word. So, you know, that's completely a different way of, say, of, of, of thinking, isn't it? Yeah? I think finally as well, I think 
We need the supernatural and the world needs the supernatural. The world needs the supernatural. Yes? And, you know, there's, there's amazing verses in 1 Corinthians where uh, Paul says, you know, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And in another verse he says, uh, actually, I'm coming to you and I'm not coming with persuasive words of wisdom, but with demonstration of the spirit power. So, the way God is going to touch our heart or changing us, transforming us, transforming our society, it is not by convincing people or convincing ourselves. It's about allowing the Spirit to come and do His work. We were saved by a work of the Spirit. We heard the, the <coughs> words, the Gospel, but then it became life to us by the Spirit. That is a supernatural work. Yeah. And that's how we need... To, to think, you know, that so we, we do need to grow into hearing more of God's voice, praying for people and they will be healed, prophesying for people, interpreting dreams, all of these things are for us, our gift from God. So we would, go, we would walk in the demonstration of power, okay, because his purpose is to be reconciled in himself. To, to, the, to man. His purpose is to reconnect with all people. Okay? And that's how uh, God really demonstrates himself. I encourage you to read it. I don't know if you came across a book, but uh, it's, this book is Translating God from Sean Bowles. I encourage you to read that. A really amazing account of a guy who decided that he will prophesy of a non-Christian. He will prophesy you know, the love of God. And he does it in a very unreligious way. He doesn't use jargon. Then. But wherever he meets people, he will talk <coughs> things to them. And he would have uh, even revelation. You know, he w- would have really like uh, download from God and say, oh, are you born the nine people, whatever? Uh, yes, I am. God wants to say to you this and this and this. So he used his word of knowledge and he used his prophetic word to actually touch people's heart and I think we can all walk into that and I just want to finish by really encourage you to have dreams and vision what I mean by that, not just dreams to interpret, but to in your heart to want, to aspire to go after so for example, one of my dreams I've got two strong dreams one of my dreams is I want to see definitely in the next few years, as soon as we oh God, <laughs> because I'm not very patient, um, I want to see a radical healing. I've seen a lot of things, but I want to see something like a tumor fall or a blind eye turn normal. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to pray for one and see it right on the spot. That's one of my dreams. Okay? So far, I've prayed, and yes, I've seen the leg getting better, but I can't see the leg getting better inside. I want to see one I can see with my eyes, because it would be so much fun. <laughs> then another one, you know, I have a huge, huge heart for the Muslim world, and I absolutely love Muslim. And I, I was brought up in a country where there's a lot of Muslim, and I had my, one of my best friends at university was a Muslim. And do you know, honestly, I don't know how to reach the Muslim. I don't know. But one of my dreams is that one day, um, that one day somebody would turn up at my, you know, a woman in full burqa would actually turn up at my doorstep. 
and said to me, can you tell me about Jesus? Just because she had a dream to go this road, this number, knock on the door, and a woman will tell you about Jesus. Do you know what? I think it can happen. Because this is the story in Act when Paul got saved. Do you remember when Paul got saved? Uh, Adanias was, was told to go to a city, to a street, and to pray for Paul. And so I know that God can do that. And I know that God speaks a lot to Muslim for dreams. So I am, that's my dream. I said, I want to see that happen. Honestly, I want to be prepared for that day a Muslim woman will knock on my door and say, tell me about Jesus. So I encourage you to have dreams like that. Say, God, I want to press for more. I want to be ready for more. I want to really go for more. And I think, lastly, I think the, one of the key to really grow into that is to always be thankful and praising for what we've got, for the thing we are already seeing. Because he is good. We're seeing so much in this church. So how many people we've seen healed? If somebody's been healed before, just put your hand up right now. Yeah, quite a few people have been here. Uh, if, if somebody had a provision in form of uh, check, surprise, money dropping, put your hand up. <laughs> yes, we, we see that. If somebody had um, a, a passport or, or visa renewed or something like there was a blockage. Is there somebody here? I know that we have prayed for many people. They're not here this morning. We had that as well. You have, yeah, you had one. Uh, and we could carry on. It is normal. We need to be thankful for that. Say, oh God, we want more. But we are so delighted by what you do in the, in the midst of us. So finally, I just want to invite you to stand with me. And I'm going to pray for you. Because I think it's good to answer, to, to, to reply when we... I really felt God uh, tell me to pray... Um, using the, the verse uh, in, in Matthew 7, 7 saying, ask and it will be given to you seek and you will, be, you will find and knock on the door and you will have an answer and I really felt God said to me, yeah, ask because that's a gift, so you can't do anything I've got to make it happen, so it's a gift, ask for it and he will give it to you because a good father then Carry on seeking. Be perseverant. Position yourself. Position yourself. Seek him. Love him. Yeah? And finally, knock. For me, knock is an action. Yes? Yeah? It's a physical action. Take risk. Okay? If, so, if somebody, um, if you suddenly get a word from God or a dream, you know, knock. Take the action. Take a step out. Try it out. Try it out. Take a step. Yeah? So, I'm going to pray that over you, but I just want you for one minute to connect with God. Just connect with God and ask, what is it that you want to see in your life? What sort of supernatural are you after? If you have a need of a breakthrough and you need supernatural intervention, ask, connect. Because he's a good father and he wants to give it to you. Oh.